we get started, we would like to say that there is a trigger warning that comes along with hanging out with the Sigma Betty's. There will be topics of conversation around mental health and chronic illness, and there may be topics of conversation that are hard to be part of. Thanks for coming back this week, guys. This week, we have Jame with us, and we're going to be talking about coping with burnout, as Jame is a chronically ill um, <clears throat> business owner, and that comes with a lot of other things including just like a regular job. So, Jane, why don't you go ahead and take us away? Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I am Jane. I own a, a chronic illness and mental illness-inspired clothing company called Dirty Bourbon Clothing. Um, we just basically try to advocate with like 90s traditional tattoo style clothing that's just rad and I, you know, I wasn't expecting it to blow up the way it did, but it did. And, you know, here I am talking to you guys. And this is really cool. And, um, you know, I, I've never done a podcast like this where you just, you asked me for a topic to talk about. So burnout is like my biggest thing. Um, and I think that just coping with it as someone with a chronic illness alone is difficult, but then you put on any other big thing that happens in your life um and you have this concoction of craziness that is burnout and um one of the most important designs is burning the candle at both ends we call mm. it the burnt out tea it's yep. it's just something that is so near and dear to my heart and it's something that you know we can utilize connecting diseases together so another big thing that dirty bourbon does is our connections between people is important to us the stories that we each have and tell connect us to one another even if we don't know what someone else is going through at least we can try to comprehend it if we can't mm -hmm. actually commiserate um so yeah i mean like it's just a a really 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 hard thing to just live sometimes you know yeah. <laughs> and we're still doing it we yeah. still want to live. We still want to keep going. And... Yeah, I think what that's... is your, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that's a big misconception for our community is that we don't oh, want to work yeah. when we all desperately want to work yeah. and to have a purpose. What are you going to ask Jeannie? In connection with that, just what made you one day get up and despite, you know, the world's problems, mental physical problems that's already going on you're like you know what I'm gonna make some really cool t-shirts and we're <laughs> gonna do some really cool things like how did you make that because your stuff when Al sent it to me and you know she told me that y'all had been talking back and forth and I was like shut up there's like 18 of these that I need <laughs> now like they're Whoa, the cool you know? they're the coolest shirts well thank yeah. you really your vibe's awesome that. um yes it it really comes down to, I mean, the types of burnout. Honestly, I was working a desk job and like no filter. I was booking clowns for a living, like nationwide clowns for birthday parties. That was my job. And it's <laughs> like that. It's I know I get the same reaction for They're like, what? Huh? Like, what do you mean? No, I've like, always wanted to meet somebody that did that. Like you just checked a little checkbox oh, off go, of my bucket list. <laughs> like, thank you. It's, <laughs> You know, I was, and I I love the job. I just was, I am not cut out for a corporate nine to five. Same. Sit at a desk. That's not me. I am a creative. I need to like be able to just like spontaneously, you know what? I have an idea. Let me go just do it. And that's kind of, COVID is the best worst thing that's ever happened Same. because I, I did get temporarily fired and I decided to not come back because I was like, no, I... I don't, I don't want to see people right now, but then B, it was like, I have had freedom that I've never had before. Mm -hmm. And I was just designing. I was just every day. I was like playing video games. I was designing. I was writing music. I was like hanging out with friends on Skype and just like collaborating work. It was amazing. I was like, this is what I want to do. How do I do this? Mm -hmm. And I decided to just put some designs on shirts. And at that point I wasn't specifically targeting like our community I was just like here's cool stuff and I didn't even realize that everything was a mental illness or chronic illness design. yeah <laughs> I had no idea until I was like wait 
I'm just designing what I feel. Yep. And it connected with people. And so I threw it up on TikTok and a couple months later I went viral for the first time and it was just like the coolest experience. And um the second that happened, I was like, all right, all in, let's go. This is what we're doing now. And yeah. here we are, you know. Um I I'd been a screen printer for years. I I was dealing with corporate burnout like literally like 2017 I was working my nine to five and then I was coming home and printing from six to eleven like screen printing for bands so I was just burning it at both ends completely yep. grinding my life away until I had a, a mental breakdown and was like I can't I can't do this I no, mm-hmm. I, I'm not doing this anymore um so I actually paused screen printing for a bit and found it again which is great but that's it now like that's the whole thing now and I'm still dealing with burnout in the way of like I'm a small business owner now and I am the the jack of all trades that does everything and you know like you know like you're running a podcast the same thing you know it's just you have to do everything you are the editor you are the filmer you are the interviewer you are da 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 and on top of all of that, that's difficult without a chronic or mental illness. And then you put a bad day or you put, I ate the wrong food today, yeah. or I didn't get enough sleep last night, or just today just sucks, you know? And then it's it's trying to balance burnout with, or not really burnout, it's trying to balance avoiding burnout with motivation and Mm. discipline because I feel like they're kind of hand in hand when it comes to this like you have to be disciplined enough to keep going but you also need to listen to your body and make sure you're not torturing yourself yeah (laughs) I'm really really bad at yeah I was gonna ask like do you have any systems in place to make sure that you have the space when you are having a rough day like I've filmed a podcast in my bed before because that's just, that's where I was that day. And that, you know, so we have those kind of systems within our podcast that like, you know, we move things around, we're flexible. We, you know, especially because we usually are interviewing chronically ill or mentally ill people that, you know, they need the flexibility as well. So are there any systems that you've found that you've set up for yourself? I mean, the beauty of having a small business is, I make the rules. So if yes, I'm having too. a bad day, I can just not work. Uh-huh. I could. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. Um, <laughs> so I, I try really hard to listen to my body. You know, I, I know the foods that trigger me. Like formerly I have Crohn's disease, anxiety, clinical depression, um, and a few other like sporadic little guys that I haven't figured out yet. And um, I, I've gotten really in tune with my gut. Um, your gut is pretty much the closest thing connected to your brain. Yep. That's why they say, trust your gut. So I do. And when my body says, calm down, slow down, stop. Formally, like in, in the past, I, I used to trick myself into thinking that was my anxiety talking. Yeah. When really it's my gut talking. Um, and it's really hard to differentiate those two things a lot of the time. But now, like, you know, I've, I've done some therapy, I've done some mindfulness practices um, and just utilizing the tools that I have at my disposal to listen to my body in the right way and like react appropriately. So um, coping wise, that's what I do. Um, I tr- sometimes play a lot of video games and just yeah, click it off. And that's just it you know, because it works for me. Um, I know it's not super healthy, but it could be worse, you know? <laughs> you know, I would I would actually challenge you on that because I, I think that it is, especially as chronically ill people, like we are constantly having to pay attention to our bodies where other people don't. And that is exhausting. <laughs> that could cause burnout just for enough sure. being, att- being attentive yeah. to your body. So I think it is totally appropriate and healthy for us to take those timeouts. Yeah. You know, we need that time to just recuperate. Yeah. That actually made a huge transition within our home life and my marriage. And because 
postpartum and all those fun things obviously were a thing. Um, but I didn't realize that I didn't have any disconnection during the day as someone who didn't know what disassociation was growing up, then realized what disassociation was cold turkey debt. <laughs> and that alone is like a huge switch for our brains. So when I realized that, and it had to come to me realizing that, and I had that conversation with my husband, it's like, okay, like, I love you, but you need to take your son for a little bit. And I need this space to just be. And for me, that was also playing games. Like I would just go and get amidst in this world and just get lost in this little space yeah. for a little while. And I, I think that's a healthy, especially coming from a former self-farmer, like I, I feel like that's a much better option. For sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I think that's a big, that's a big thing too, is like some of our behaviors may seem unhealthy, but the level of what we're combating is not in comparison to someone who is sure. dealing with those yeah. struggles, you know? God, yeah. Like I, I have some childhood trauma and I would dissociate and play video games as a kid. So like in my brain, it's a bad thing, but it's really not because that was my escape. Like it was escapism for sure. And yeah. being able to like say that now as a 30, almost 31 year old and be like, this is, this is why I did it. And realize like okay like that's not bad I could have done I could have taken drugs I could have done this yeah. I could have done that you know I could have resorted to alcoholism like my father did like I could have done all of these things and I didn't you know I chose I'm gonna just sit and play video games for 13 hours you know like that was like you know I, I don't do that anymore but um it is okay it is okay to just like hey I'm not feeling great today I'm gonna just take my sick day personally I'm going to sit and play video games or I'm going to sit on the couch and veg out with my dogs. I'm going to watch that Netflix show I've been wanting to watch. I think the trouble for me personally comes in like currently, like I, I just moved. I have a six month old. I am Congratulations. exhausted. Thank you. Um, I'm absolutely exhausted. I'm working all day. And then I'm like, I didn't get the, the daily dose of just, let me just, for a second and so I will push myself just a little bit more I will play that game at midnight or 1 a.m and, and know that I'm gonna get bad sleep because I just need that second to just yep. not do anything and or to like leave my brain you know and that does stem from how I was as a kid but mm -hmm. um it's that constant outweigh you know, it's that constant scale of like, if I do this, my mental health is going to go here, but then my chronic health is going to go. And then, you know, like, where do you play the game? And, you know, for me, like, I, God, this sucks to say, I don't want to say this, but like, I would rather deal with mental health issues than my Crohn's disease. Hallelujah. It sucks. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to have to make that distinction, but like <laughs> I I told my therapist, like, I don't want to take pills because I don't know how it's gonna affect my Crohn's. Yep. You know, and like I've been in the fetal position on the floor of my bathroom. Like, I'm not ashamed to say it. It sucks. <laughs> no yeah. one likes that. It's not fun. No. But I would take constant rumination and overthinking over that. Yeah. And that's just me. Maybe it's the other way for some other people. But like, I feel like when I'm in the fetal position, I'm at my lowest low, even mentally. So it's like, why would I? I'll be at like a this low <laughs> yeah. constantly on a constant basis instead of like miserable, physically miserable. Yeah, but. I agree with that logic so much because you're right. And when you are physically low, your mental is going to be low no matter that's what. That's when you start questioning things you know that's yes. when you're that's when I get scared of myself I'm like you know like I pray to a to God who I don't formally believe in and I'm like get me out of this like I'm asking anyone or anything spiritually to get me out of this and yep. you know I've I've been there I <laughs> I have done and thought some things I wish I didn't and yep. that's because of burnout and that's because of just over dealing with things and removing stresses from your life and 
or dealing with stressors in your life, but trying to remove them. And that's the hardest part. You know, just trying to find that that happiness, that simplicity, and and those things that do bring us joy and just doubling down on them because mm-hmm. what other choice do we have, you know? Yeah. Well, and you're also going through such a transition <laughs> of life right now. You know, you have a newborn. I don't know about you, but our newborn schedule was every hour and 45 minutes on the dot. It's, like yeah, it, it's about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bless you. Bless you and all that you stand for and I that mean, little baby and mama. She's great. She's amazing. Um, I, Bless I'm you. So... It will pass. It yeah, I'm not, she's, she's, I mean, my, my wife is absolutely the strongest support system I have, period. She's amazing. I bless her heart Whoa. that she deals with two babies in her house. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, um, at least you own it. Why not? You know, yeah, my kinda, husband. I know what I am. <laughs> he said that the other day he walked in and he said, man, it must be rough for you to have two babies. And I said, you know what? It's about time you. that you took you too long but the burnout of just parenthood and life and then you add the job and you know when you finally get pushed to a point of being on the fetal position on the floor that was something that I had to like two months of my therapy alone was working through that trauma and connecting those links to childhood and whatever and it all boiled down to Okay, recess the memory that we had to unlock of Jeannie hiding under the bed and the safest place was on the floor underneath against the floor. So when I finally reached my breaking point and my mental breakdown, my husband had to go and tell my therapist like, hey, she won't come get in the bed. Like she keeps making a pallet on the floor. I wouldn't sleep next to my husband. Why? Because I mentally was so low that I didn't feel like I deserved to be that high. So to be that low and it mentally brings you down, like I totally understand not wanting to be in that pain and being in that position because like it, it's almost like you just melt in the floor and it's such a heaviness that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. I truly wouldn't. Um, but when you get to that point, my reasoning of bringing all this up, because for me personally, now, when I kind of get pushed to that point of overwhelmness, and I just kind of want to shrink up and, you know, just get out that alone, when I just kind of feel like I'm wanting to kind of encave myself is my number one sign of, I need to change my environment. So do you have something in place like that, that you're able to like kind of recognize the trigger or are we working on getting there? Interesting question. Um, I, you know, I actually have not thought of it in that way of like you like physically are feeling pulled to the ground and that's exactly how it is. Um, For me specifically, um, you know, I just moved across country. I'm in a totally foreign place. I went from Maryland to Florida, like, because my in-laws live down here, I want my daughter to grow up with them as good Mm -hmm. grandparents. And like, my sister lives here. So like, I have more family here than I did back in Maryland. Um, And, you know, I run my own business. So it's like, whatever, cool. I just work for Florida now. And I go outside and it's nice and it's great. Um, but I still am getting settled here. And I, I do feel like currently there isn't a place to escape to. And in this situation, the only thing, the only option for me is like just a hard reset. And that's like, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to go take an extremely scolding hot shower and just like, I'm back, you know, or I'm like back in the groove or, or just like reset enough that I can go do something else or not do anything and just you know enjoy the house um I think showers kind of always were my reset um I have Crohn's disease like it's not a not a pretty disease you know so like feeling like when you're in a flare-up I feel dirty you know just pure like I'm sitting in a bathroom I'm on a bathroom floor it's not not that it's a dirty floor it's just not the cleanliest I'd rather be on a bed you know yeah um and I think that 
for me, the idea of a shower is like a refresh. I'm clean now. I can like kind of reset my day. I would stand in the shower for like an hour and until the water ran cold, like just to feel okay again, like even the littlest bit of okay. Um, I know that my triggers mentally that affect my gut have to do with social scenes specifically surrounding where's the bathroom you know like like how do I get how do I make myself safe so that I'm not going to have an accident or like if something happens like I can go I remember um the thing that put me in therapy I was supposed to go meet a bunch of friends for a really great time on a lazy river like just tubing down a river where do you go to the bathroom when you're tubing down the river you know like that's not (laughs) not really pleasant and I remember it was like 45 minutes away I was in my car with my wife and I felt so physically ill just driving the 45 minutes it wasn't until we got there that it was like oh this is okay and it was just because of that social anxiety of like oh no what am I going to do if and so I was like, I got to I got to handle this. I got to figure out how to get away from this if like this big rumination of like, well, what if this happens? OK, but then this and then this and then this. And it's just like this circus, like very cyclical thinking of just like I'm stirring the same idea over and over and over again. And it's making me violently ill. And so I worked really, really hard on that. And I found that the reset is just like one of the mindfulness techniques that works really well for me is you take your thought, you close your eyes, you take your thought and you like, you imagine a river and there's leaves on the top of the river and you just put that thought on a leaf and it just goes and you just let it go away. I love that. I like that. It takes a little bit to make it work. At least it took me a little bit, but now like I've, you know, I've practiced the meditations surrounding it. I can see the leaf in my head. I can speak the idea or put the idea on that leaf and just watch it go mm-hmm. and then it's gone and if it comes back you do it again and you just keep doing it and it took probably like a month to really like solidify that practice in my head but you know it helps another really weird one that I had this is one that I made up as a kid because I didn't know what was happening to me I, I was very very ill as a child with Crohn's it was like so dormant in my body I wasn't diagnosed until I was 18 but like from 11 to 18 I was I had really bad stomach pain inexplicably there was nothing that I didn't have enough of a flare-up to like put me in the hospital but I was just constantly chronically ill and as a kid I loved Lord of the Rings and there's that one scene where it's just like the fellowship and they're surrounded by orcs and like there's late fight them off right like on the whatever on the bridge I, I don't know I see it in my head and when I was a kid and I would be like sitting on the toilet feeling like crap I would do a breathing technique where I would breathe in through my nose and that was bringing like this sounds I can't even believe I'm saying this on a podcast I was bringing the fellowship in my nose and I was breathing out the orcs. Like I was bringing the good in and breathing out the bad. That's amazing. But that's the only way I, I can process that. it as like an 11 year old, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's like, I, so I still that. do that. And it's like just breathing technique. I didn't know what I was doing, but I like made it up. And that's like, you know, you do what works for you, honestly. Yeah. That's kind of like the gist of it. If, you know, if you need help, get some help you know people like that's why therapists are here and uh, you know I would definitely definitely endorse finding a a person that works for you because you know I've gone through a couple some have been really bad for for me they're probably great people but they just did not vibe with me and then I finally found a guy who's like really really good for me he's awesome Yeah, I think that's a really big aspect that I try to push to everyone is it is completely okay to fire a therapist on your first visit. You know, you know, we know if we're clicking with someone or not immediately. That's just how it is. And you know what? If If you you stop (laughs) clicking with them, you can fire them on your 100th visit. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter, (laughs) you know, like. Yep. Yeah, the whole point is, is to get help for you. 
you know, but unfortunately, I think with a lot of a lot of people in our situation are people pleasers. And so all of those oh, God, things come in and it's like, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, well, this person's trying to help me. So I need to take the help because I wanted help. But I like it doesn't work like that. You know, if it's not working, it's not helping. Yeah. For sure. No, yeah. people pleasing is so another whole another whole side to it. Cause that that yeah. is a uh that's energy. You're just burning energy, pure yeah. useful energy for yourself and trying to help or please someone else. I feel like you're right. I feel like a lot of us, a lot of us are people pleasers in yeah. some way or another. Um, my thought on it is that we're trying to compensate because we feel like we aren't bringing enough to the table. I mean, I also think it's as kids, we were told, you know, do unto others what others or what you want done onto you or whatever the golden rule is, right? Like, yep. so I people please because I want, I yeah. want people to treat me like that. And, you know, as people in the chronic illness community like that's what we advocate for all the time we just are advocating for just like just listen to us you know just hear us out yep in some capacity um there's a lot of tiktokers too that are just like really really cool <laughs> and i didn't realize you know it, you don't realize until you do how many of us there are like yeah and we just keep popping up every day there's more and more of us and people are just looking for anyone to listen because it's oh it's hard i i can't i can't express how many stories of in emails i've gotten just being like this is what's going on with me because they just want anyone to read it and i make sure that i reply to every single one and i'm like i hear you i believe you i see you your pain is real you know the speech and it's it's incredibly humbling to know that like we we are helping people and yeah. making a difference in people's lives we talk about that all the time 10 I people think that's, it's yeah. incredible that's the wildest feeling is when we started getting <laughs> people saying like we did an episode on palliative care and someone reached out for palliative care because of our episode and that that's like amazing. i i work in death work i'm a death doula and so like for me i was just like blown away i'm like we reached someone and I was like, okay, we can be done now. We reached someone. We did it. <laughs> we did it. We're done. That was every time, like every little milestone, every next message, every next comment, we're just like, all right, I'm done. We can quit now. We've we the masses. We got them. Um, yeah. that, I mean, that that's is, crazy. that's one of our biggest things is what you're speaking to right now is we are here to give people a voice, you know, like that's that's why we bring people like you on is because our stories need to be heard you know we people need to understand that we are an entire community it is not just that one person in your life that always is sick we're everywhere you know and we really are you know like i i also ended up getting out of the corporate i worked in medical admin and like 2020 that whole thing affected me in that way and that was the biggest blessing yeah, of my life it sucks to say it though you know it really yeah. doesn't feel good to say like oh yeah COVID was awesome for me yeah just because it changed my life in a positive way but you know i think i'm knocking on wood i have not had COVID yet oh, which is yeah. <laughs> i'm in florida yeah. now so this is going to be a risky risky time but to say you're gonna have a knock at your door with a black car outside <laughs> <laughs> yeah get his blood he's immune um that would be great right. i mean not somebody taking my blood but being immune, would be great. <laughs> being immune are, yeah. yeah i mean like there's just there's so much there's <laughs> there's so much and like when we talk about burnout, like we've, we've already t discussed, like there's there's work burnout, which is just mm -hmm. doing too much. There's medical burnout, which like I know that a ton of people in our community deal with. And that's just like poking, <laughs> prodding, all of the tests, all of the everything. And I feel like if I look back at my entire life, there's been like, OK, so this is my work burnout. This is my medical burnout. This is my and it's just phases of burnout. Mm -hmm. And I don't. I don't particularly know how to like stop any of them. 
you know it's I feel like it's a constant band-aid but Mm -hmm. at the same time like to really stop burnout you need to take like three years off like and just like super hard reset but I know that's just not plausible for really anybody unless you have a ton of money (laughs) right Uh, which most of us us regular us regular people down here um I offer you this mindset because it I kind of reached that point of realization that like this is really going to be the rest of my life like I'm going to have to deal with this brain the rest of my life this body burnout whatever right (laughs) so when I finally have that realization it's like I'm never going to be able to stop this and when I finally reach the realization of that it's like it's not about stopping it it's about riding the wave yeah what lesson can come out of that wave and you just ride it the best you can until you get to the end of it and you're back on the nice little sandy warm beach Florida reference for you it's nice little warm (laughs) beach and you're you know good and you can kind of sit back and be like we got happy sappies for a little bit that depressy messy can stay over there depressy messy (laughs) oh my god I love that yeah I think you're right. Like it, you, we just have to accept that this is going to happen. You know, like this for me, that really was the biggest thing. And, and I didn't, I didn't start getting diagnoses until 2019. So there was this really big moment for me of acceptance of, oh, cause I was also extremely medically gaslit, gaslit by my family, yeah, you know? So sure. it's like, I'm just, I just need to do something. I need to do something different, but no, like I actually have like several diagnoses that are never going away. And just accepting that, like one of the biggest ones I found out I'm autistic. And so now navigating life is completely different than before, but because I can give myself accommodations because I can understand why certain things are happening. I just try to accommodate myself as much as possible. And I think that that's really, unfortunately, what we have to do as chronically ill people is like, we just have to give ourselves permission to accommodate ourselves because this will happen. We will burn out. There's no question. Yeah. It's what are you going to do once you realize it's happening? What self-care are you bringing in? Like, are you, are you being mindful with your boundaries? You know, are you actually holding your boundaries? That's it sounds awesome. like maybe no, I, just, I uh I just made a shirt for Valentine's Day or anti-Valentine's really? Day and it says keep your boundaries know your distance and it's like I a love little, it. it's a heart and it's covered in barbed wire it's awesome um that is awesome that's crazy that's just funny you said that um I did have a question for you Ooh. guys um based on what you just said is there anything is there anything like that you do to prepare or the top of the wave like yeah we know we're gonna ride it or we should ride it and but we know that there's gonna be a peak moment where it's like really bad is there anything you do at the low points of the wave or when you're on the beach prior so that you are prepared for when you have to cope hard for me because once again you're gonna have to look at this from you know, what are your triggers? What are your boundaries? You have to look at it from a personal perspective. For me, because once again, um, Al has a couple years on me, but 20, end of 2022, Jeannie has discovered that she is also autistic. So we're now learning how to navigate life that way. One of my things brought on by environment I have some pretty intense anger issues and I've worked through most of them. But when you add angry to manic, that can get really scary, okay? I can be a really scary person. And I know that about myself. I had to come to that realization about myself. But when I was finally able to put the puzzle piece of, you're not just angry, you're not a bad person, you're having a body reaction to all this stuff that's going on and all these thoughts that you can't get to get in a little single file. And that's when the down happens. That's the bottom of the wave. All these self-realizations and you get so hard on yourself and you're just going down that really negative rabbit hole. 
And when you get to the bottom of that rabbit hole of digging and searching and looking, that's right before that apex is going to come. And when in that apex is going to come for me, that's when I get mad. That's when like y'all need to book Jeannie a rage room because like I'm I'm about to, and when I can feel, I can feel physically my body will start to tense and I will get so tight with my fist that my knuckles will turn white. I'll have fingerprint indentions. Like I will get so mad. But when I start to feel my body tense, I change my environment. For me, it is changing. That's my reset is changing my environment. And when I feel that, I don't care what's going on. Kids screaming, hubby doing whatever. Here you go. Here's your kid. And I turn around, I walk outside. And I need, I need at least 20 minutes of let me control my breathing. Because once I control my breathing, I know that I can control my body. But until I control that breathing, I'm not going to control the functionality of my body. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is a very, like, personal, like, it, it is you, you know, mm -hmm. it has to be. Um, God, my brain is just stirring now. <laughs> yeah. I would say for me, like the things that I do, if I, if I like know things are starting to peak, cause for me, like the medical stuff, like, like I have to travel to Boston to see a specialist and stuff. And like, it, it's extremely overwhelming. And actually we had to take a break in December because I just had too much. So for me, that's the biggest thing is I'm honest with the people that are in my life. And I'm like, Hey, this is where I'm at right now. And this is what's upcoming. So I anticipate I'm going to need some extra support. I'm going to need this, that, or, or whatever. And really accommodating my schedule. As much as like you have to be a responsible patient, you also have to be responsible for your life. So like if I have to cancel or reschedule an appointment, I will. And it's, it's not ideal, especially when you're dealing with specialties and things like that. Like it's obviously yeah, not ideal. Yeah. I, you know, I waited years for an appointment in Boston, but you know, I just, I take control of, of that. So kind of like Jeannie is like, you know, control the environment. And I'm just kind of like, let me control my schedule and change that. Yeah. I remember <laughs> when I, um, when I interviewed, and this is like a really iffy topic. Um, when I interviewed for that clown booking position, I told my boss, my future boss at the time, hey, I have Crohn's disease. I absolutely don't have to tell you that. But if you don't understand it, I don't want to work for you. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of people would just hush hush that and be like, well, then you're never going to get a job. They're just not going to hire you. Now, they can't not hire me because of that. But, but yeah, they're just gonna be like, you're not a good fit. And then like, yeah. what are you going to do? You know? Um, but for me personally, like I wanted control of that environment. I wanted him to know straight up, like, I don't want to work for you if you can't accommodate this. Yep. And, you know, he was very flexible with me and my work. He was like, look, if you need to take a day, take a day. Um, you're not going to get paid, but take a day. <laughs> right. And, you know, that's something that I definitely took advantage of when I needed to. And, you know, I worked there for five years. He was a great boss him and his wife it was a very small family-owned company um very understanding all of my co-workers I feel like were very understanding and it was it was a good job for me at the time um the flex he gave me the flexibility that I needed to just heal when I needed to heal and I was going through the ringer at that point my Crohn's was very out of whack I was on several different drugs I was not in remission at all um, currently I am in the closest to remission I've ever been, which is amazing, Good. surprisingly with all the stresses and factors in my life, but, uh, yeah. I've been on Stellar, I do like home injections and I just, you know, um, they wipe me out for a day, but aside from that, like I have been pretty good. Um, and which has allowed me to focus on bettering my mental health or bettering my family life and, you know, being consistent and not on the bathroom floor. <laughs> yeah. But. yeah I kind of feel like what we like everyone has life juggles right like everyone's balancing their personal life their professional life their job whatever but I, then I feel like we have this extra thing to balance right like everyone has to take care of their physical self but like it, it's obviously not in the same way you know like when we were talking about gaming no one would say anything to someone who is like goes to the gym for hours 
you know, because that's like looked on socially as a positive thing. Mm -hmm. But there are so many people in gyms that that's actually they're they're struggling with mental illness and they're, you know, they're exerting things in in ways like they can be technically self-harming themselves doing that. So it's not it's like, you know, just giving yourself freedom and not not assigning morality to any of these things you know because it's different for every single person so like you know just giving like letting go of the guilt I think that's the biggest thing is that when I talk to like chronically ill people there's like so much guilt around it and it's like this is just the life that we have unfortunately you know like we just everyone just has to do the best with what they have and all that guilt makes those decisions so much harder because it puts your priorities in different places. It takes the priority off of yourself and, and it puts it in that people pleasing category. You know, guilt is a, is a heavy, heavy, heavy load. And, you know, I think as I become, as I've become more burnt out, I think the guilt does get heavier. And I think that's, it is kind of like a downward spiral in that way, because like, I know for me, like I have to put a lot of weight on my on my partner and she, God bless her heart, is so strong and does take the brunt of weight. And, you know, I'm glad I haven't had to in a while, but I know that she understands if something happens and I do feel guilty. Like the people pleaser in me feel cat. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the people pleaser in me feels super guilty, you know, that I can't please people you know like it's it's like I'm I'm not doing enough I'm not enough you know those lines of thinking are really really bad and really hard to get out of and god medical guilt might be the worst kind of guilt I don't know because it's like you can't control it you know it's it's not your fault it's not your fault that you're going through this thing I mean like anybody any single person watching this podcast that doesn't have a chronic illness you could be next yeah (laughs) sorry (laughs) I heard someone call someone pre-disabled you're just pre-disabled oh my god (laughs) because it can it can happen to anyone at any point for any reason yep for any reason yep and is it like what's that sound that's going viral on tiktok right now it's like i ain't saying it's t- god's timing is perfect but <laughs> oh pre-disabled is the greatest thing i've ever heard by the way i'm going to steal that and do it everybody's Take pre-disabled it. run with it yeah one so one good and I, I really hope this this will stick with you jane and i, I hope that you can just like hang on to it is one phrase from my doula certification was anyone can come first after me we have to take care of ourselves first yeah and I think that's something that because we have to focus so much on ourselves we feel that that's selfish a lot of times I know I personally struggle a lot with feeling selfish but you I have to because if I'm not if I'm not good, I cannot it's, be of use to anyone else. It's the airplane mask theory. It is. Right? Exactly If the that. plane's going down, you put your mask on first, and then you help the person next to you. And it's really, really hard to do that, because I'm like, who needs a mask? You, yeah. you, you need one? Okay. You're like, I'm used to not breathing. It's fine. I can I'll handle it, right? I, I got this. Exactly. And then you pass out in the aisle, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, yeah, I don't, it's, it's, god that's that's really that's really strong you do we do we do have to help ourselves first and you know it's finding those ways for each of us you know as we've talked about to just like cope it's that Mm band-aid it's that thing that you need to do like for me it's playing video games genie it's going to a rage room changing your environment you know (laughs) i think uh i kind of want to go to a rage room now um but same I'm telling you, they look real. I've never been, but I want to go. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, just let me go break some stuff real quick. Yeah, yeah go. please. Go. Let's go. Yeah, we're we're scheduling a trip. We'll, I don't we'll know. Y'all might see a different side of me. Y'all, y'all just... <laughs> we'll leave the room when it's your turn. You can. Just yeah, that's fair. Okay, I'll for, agree for to that. Fifteen minutes, and then we'll come back. And 
I'll agree. Yeah. And it's, and that's a really good point of anger. Like I know anger is looked upon as such a negative thing, but honestly, it is so healthy for us to express the anger because we have a lot to be angry about. Like, you know, unfortunately it's just a fact that if anyone is dealing with any type of chronic or mental illness, we are set behind in with our peers and no matter what, like if you have a, you become disabled in any sort of way, that is a setback and you're not on the trajectory that you, that you wanted to be, or that you thought like the looking forward to where life could have been is one of the things I struggle with most. And that makes me so angry, but if I don't deal with that anger, then it just keeps coming back. And so like, we have to actually find ways to deal with our anger and it's that that pins up aggression I just I I would love for more people to be able to safely express themselves in that way so like the rage rooms I think that's amazing you know I think so many people should take advantage of healthy ways to release rage even if you're just screaming into a pillow it works (laughs) you know it's it's hard and it it can feel yucky but you got to do it you got to let it out you do you have to find ways to you know like Al just said let it out one of the funniest things that I've been asked so far, and I haven't made the video for it on TikTok, Amanda asked me what my biggest icks are. And I got to thinking about that. And I was like, man, I'm really like that kind of person. I don't have any icks. And then I sat down and I was like, damn, I have a list of like 60 right here. I am a person. <laughs> like I, I do have icks. And one of those being, you got to give yourself space. And I know that's been a consistent theme and whether that's with burnout, whether that's with anger, you have to give yourself room to feel those emotions because whether you want to feel them or not, they're real and they're happening and you just getting frustrated with yourself and adding to that anger or sadness or whatever it is, is only escalating the situation. You don't want to escalate, you want to de-escalate. So when you find yourself in those situations, you just want to make sure that you take that step back and that you just give yourself that room to just do your best. Yeah, and it's also accepting that those those feelings of anger or sadness or whatever are from a place of good. Like there's a reason you're feeling the way you're feeling and those feelings are valid and real and, and you should, it's, you're allowed to, to feel like that for whatever reason. Um, I remember before I was on Stellara, I was going through a trial with, um, or I was trying to get into a trial for a new Crohn's drug. And I I went through the whole process. It was like two colonoscopies, a sleep study, all of these poking, prodding things. Like they did tests, they did, I had to do a, like a a bowel journal and Mm -hmm. like a pain journal for a month I did all of this stuff and I was like sweet my doctor's like you are the perfect candidate for this like there's no reason you shouldn't get in blah 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 and I get to the office to do my final like run through of tests and it like my GI doctor was like there but he wasn't the guy running the study it was this other GI and she was really awesome um she was saying the same things like you're a perfect candidate for this like I don't see why you wouldn't get in she gets a call from the corporate office saying, basically, no, this guy's not going to make it in. And because of my pain journal, I was too low. And I remember feeling so like angry and sad in that moment at the same time, because it was like, you can't tell me I'm a perfect candidate and then I don't get it. You know what I mean? It's not her fault. It wasn't right. Like my GI mm-hmm. doctor ended up calling and like pitching, like, no, he literally is a perfect candidate. Like pain's not pain. Is, how can pain be the one thing that it's subjective, you know, it's very like, subjective. I've been dealing with chronic pain my entire life basically. And yeah, I like, I'm sorry. I didn't write the number seven or higher. I wrote right. four or five one day. Like, you know, it's like, I don't, I'm not feeling like a seven right now, but I'm still in pain, you know, like versus that like someone scale. who does get into the trial and they wrote 10 every day because it's the worst thing they've ever felt, which is just, you know, I, that sucks. I'm very sorry. Like, but, and then I kind of had to like realize with myself that like, this is not a competition. Yeah. When we make pain a competition, 
we are setting both of us up for failure. Like, why are you trying, why am I trying to one up someone else's pain? And like, just thinking about that, I'm like, I'm an idiot, you know, like, what? this is stupid. I shouldn't be mad about this. Like, they, they got to help themselves. I unfortunately didn't with this drug, but my doctor's like, it's cool. We'll figure out something else. Put me on Stellara. I've been in remission ever since, you know, like that's, that's the universe speaking to me, but working for me. Um, but I remember feeling that, like, I just gave months of my life away trying to do this medical thing and like help myself and it failed. And that's where I don't think I've ever been that low, like mentally. I was just like, what am I supposed to do? You know, I'm not on any drugs right now. I'm like, I've, I've been off drugs for three months and like my body's like just crumpling in front of me. And, you know, I, God, I hate that moment. I like, I can see their faces in my head and like my, my doctor is just stunned. The woman doctor running the trial was crying because she thought I was such a good patient for this. And I was like, it's not your fault. (laughs) You know, like I'm, I should have put seven, you know? Yeah. Pain skills are stupid. They really are. Um, yeah. Because it does like, and that's such a good point of like, if you have dealt with pain your whole life, which most of us like chronically ill people don't just like naturally become chronically ill most of the time. Like a lot of this stems from childhood. Like I I guarantee we would never document the same as someone who is experiencing pain for the first time in their life. Mm -hmm. There's no way we would document it the same because we have a different tolerance for it. And like, I know. I literally fell asleep. Oh God. Go ahead. No, Jesus. I I just, I fell asleep. (laughs) No, like I was starting to say, like I fell asleep during a thigh piece, during a tattoo. Oh yeah, and every time you get a tattoo, the easier it gets. It doesn't matter. I mean, like there's places where it sucks. Like I have my fingers done, like the inside of like that sucked. Yeah, really bad. Like our pain tolerance is so different because we've been dealing with any ailment you can name for so long. Like my back and my hips have been since I was like eleven. Eleven. I, I never walked normal, normal. Um, and I don't mean that in any discriminatory way, like just my back personally and how it is. I don't walk straight. No, my pain tolerance is not going to be the same because I've literally been dealing with this my entire life. So that pain scale, same as you, you know, like I've been to so many different chiropractors and at some point I'm just going to have to give in and go to back spe- spe- specialist. See, words are hard for us too. Um, I can walk in a chiropractic office and they'll just be like, how are you walking in here? And they're like looking at my stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. That's what I would like you guys to tell me. That's your job. <laughs> but you guys, like, I'm sorry that I'm not once again telling you that my pain is a 10, but I've been dealing with this for 10 plus years. So yeah, the, four is pretty bad for me. You go into the <laughs> ER or you go to a doctor, like, what's your pain at? And you're like, 10 deadpan and they're like no are you sure i'm like Mm -hmm. don't sir (laughs) stop it you don't even know my medical history yet come on like if i i hear and you know i i am a cis white dude i'm sorry for you ladies like that sucks because i know that the gaslighting on the the female or trans or non-binary side of medical shit is like way worse I can say 10 with a straight face and a guy will be like, okay. If you guys said 10 with a straight face, it... okay. I, I did one time you and know? he laughed. I was in the ER with a straight face. And I mean, like, I, oh, I want to say that was when um my kidney, I had some problems with my kidneys and like, I had to go in. I was in so much pain, really bad UTI, like really bad UTI. But going through and I was like, for real, pushing a 12 bad. And I was just, I'd finally gotten like a still position. I didn't want to move and I was laying and he came in and was talking to me and I never opened my eyes. And he said, can you at least act like you're acknowledging me? And I opened my eyes and looked at him and I said, would you believe me if I told you my pain was a 10 right now? And he laughed. And when he walked out, I stood up and I made my husband drive me to a different place. Like, no. I'm sorry. No, you're not touching me. 
I, I just, I hear those stories all the time, just like medical gaslighting stories. And like, that is just like the cherry on top of the burnout Sunday, you know, like, yeah. It's so frustrating. Like I, I'm so thankful that right now I have a male partner that will accompany me. He's actually had to endorse me in order to be believed. And that's so messed up too. You know, that's like, yeah. if, you know, a woman wanted to go like get a, like her tubes tied or something. I was like, no, you need your husband. No, no, I fucking don't. Yeah. No, I, sorry. No, I heckin' don't. You oh know? no, you can cuss. You're, right, no, you're I good. fucking don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate you bringing that up because it is definitely something that like, it's terrifying to go to the doctor as a woman. It is, you know, especially as someone who worked in the medical field, like there's a lot of things that I know that people are like, oh, that doesn't happen. I'm like, yeah, I watched it happen. I know what happens. Um, I got asked right in the middle of labor. Okay. I, I am trying to push a human out of my body. I was asked if I wanted the husband stitch. No, you didn't. I would have thrown hands. <laughs> I would have. For anybody that doesn't know what the husband stitch is, after you get done having your baby and all the stuff's cleaned and they do their thing, they put an extra little stitch on the inside of your hoo-ha to make you tighter. I was asked in the middle of trying to push a human out of my body if I wanted a husband you, stitch. The, the end of the story was she said, we're going to another hospital and you went to another hospital. <laughs> That's the end of the I story. Wish was, <laughs> I wish my pants were in the parking lot. That labor kicked me. I was like, give me an ambulance now. I'm out. Take <laughs> me to general down the street. I turned, I looked at him. I said, you better be watching from now on. And if anybody touches it, it's your ass. Like you... No, when what sense? First of all, in what sense was that even remotely the appropriate time? I'm just trying to pre-plan, you know. Like it's just, yeah, yeah we just. Ready. I'm inconvenienced your day. schedule. Okay, come on. Mm, this is like anyone who works in the medical field. If you're listening to this, please stop being such an asshole. Like you're dealing with please. people. They're people. Please. This is, we're not lab rats. We're not like, like they just get so stuck in their like monotony. Like, oh, this is just my job. This is just what I do. It's nothing to you, but to the person on your fucking table. Yes, it is. Yeah. My, my GI doctor that I left in Maryland, that might've been the hardest thing I've left. My GI doctor was the man. And I mean, like the best doctor I've ever had in my entire life. And you know, when I, I told him I was leaving, he was like, oh, well, you got to go to Dr. Whatever in Orlando. And I was like, bet, done. That's my new GI doctor. You know, I'm like, I'm, yep. I trust this guy with my life. And he, like, I used to be a touring musician and I, with Crohn's disease, not a good mix. Um, but when I told him, like, your help has allowed me to do the things I want to do. He was like, that means everything to me. You're my best patient. <laughs> and I was like, bet I'm a people pleaser. Have you been pleased my doctors? <laughs> Ding. Where's my cookie? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, with all of that, James, what do you hope that everybody takes away from today's episode? Hmm. Uh, advocate for yourself first and try to find some coping mechanisms that work for you so that you don't continuously stay in burnout. I'm, I'm not trying to avoid it because it's pretty much unavoidable for people with chronic or mental illness. Um, it's going to happen. You're going to ride the wave up. You're going to ride the wave back down. Let's just get you on the beach sometimes, you know? I love that. Oh, that was great. Let's just get on the beach sometimes. Just sometimes. <laughs> oh, James. And if you don't like the beach, we'll find you a boat. <laughs> yeah. You come catch us on the beach and we'll, swim, we'll we'll get you your raft. You guys are awesome. This was fun. Yeah, thank you oh, for being thank- here. You brought such a great conversation to the table. Like this, this was really great. Al, what you hope to everybody takes away today? I really hope that everyone realizes that like it's okay that your life is what it is. It and we are all different. You know, even though we can find community, try not to 
apply everything that the community says to yourself. You know, we're just here to give you some ideas and some different perspectives, but like, and ultimately you got to find what works for you. Bingo. To yeah. touch on that, don't replace a pedestal in your life with another pedestal. Oh, just because you are breaking down a pedestal in your life and you're like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a healing journey and I'm going to work on me. And then blah, 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 here's the stigma bitties. Mm -mm, I don't want your pedestal. I don't want it. I'll break it for you if you want me to right now. Sorry. Perfect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. We don't, don't do that. Don't do that. We are here for a safe environment, if not for y'all, which thankfully it has been. Oh, we love you guys. But for us, we, even before we started recording, we were talking about just how excited we were to be back on a weekly basis because this, this is therapeutic for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here, Jane. Yeah, thanks for having yes. me. I appreciate and we'll catch, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.